Hey besties, thanks for tuning in with us. Life is hard, families are weird, work is tough. So this week we are talking about doing the best we can with job interviews. And you know what, this is perfect to talk about because I recently quit my job after being there for three and a half years for several reasons. So what better thing to talk about right now than job interviews? (laughs) I hate job interviews. Job interviews are bad. It's interesting though, because I... I definitely get very stressed about them and I get very nervous about them, but overall they've been kind of pleasant, at least for me, from my experience, they've been pretty decent despite the massive amounts of anxiety and sweating that I do during interviews. But I gone through a recent interview experience, obviously, because I now have a new job um, and started my first day, oh my gosh, a couple weeks ago, based on when this episode will drop. So it'll be a couple weeks when y'all are listening to this. Um, it's been like 360. Okay. Let me tell you. <laughs> In a good way? In a good way. Yeah. So where I previously worked, to be honest, it was in the back of my mind for a while, like I'd say probably well over a year of just wanting to leave. And I think it's also even before the last year, like it's a conversation that my old manager and I had a ton because I think, I don't know, I was very lucky to have her as my manager. I feel like we were always very much on the same page. She was always very supportive of me and like my decision. So I knew I could come to her with like real shit conversations about just things that I was struggling with. Um, and like, I have just been struggling with morally, I guess the alignment I had with this company and like the decisions that were made that really just left a bad taste in my mouth. So like, I was, I mean, I've gone through plenty of interviewing phases, like updating my resume. There was a point in time that I literally almost moved to Austin for a job because like, I went to Austin, fell in love, applied to jobs, like had a full blown interview, like got to the last step um, and was like, ah, this scares me. (laughs) Um, But ultimately, so I joined this company because when I started, obviously three and a half years ago, a little bit younger in my just like career and in life in general. Um, So the place was like fun, like free snacks, beer, like super young work environment. Um, it was just a fun place to be. Like, I didn't really give a shit about like career and like what that meant or, you know, I didn't get paid that great, but I also was like, whatever, like not a big deal. Don't care about that right now. Like, I'm just happy I have a job. Woohoo. Um, and for me, when I joined this company, it was so different from my first employer because that company was super small. It was like 40 people, very tiny opportunities were kind of limited there. It was kind of one of those places where like, someone has to quit, die or retire in order for you to like get promoted or like get a, get a job available. It was very much like, we'll have to wait and see, which was kind of one of those scenarios where like, I wanted to shift to, I was doing training, but I wanted to switch to product management. And at the time there wasn't a, the role that was open, I was well overqualified for it. And I wasn't sure, like, even they weren't sure, like when the budget would be, you know, to like get more of like a senior level type role, whatever. Um, And I didn't want to wait. So I knew I wanted to go to a bigger company, a company that had more opportunity. And like this place that I just quit from was that for me then. Um, But, and I was lucky in a lot of ways with my experience here and like three and a half years is like 
25 years and when you think about the time saying the shit that I had gone through at this place but I ended up on a pretty solid team for the most part there is some tea there as well but that's probably for another episode um and I was lucky enough to have the manager who I had up until my time leaving for like well over two years which is a very rare situation like I have plenty of friends and know people who have gone through managers faster than like they could say their own name at that place and that's just because like people would leave, the company would change it, like or reorg structure, like it would just get messy. Um, so I was lucky enough to still have her. Um, and like, I think a big part of me staying was the people, like that was my excuse. Like people are great. I love working with these people. I have such good friends here. Um, and for a while that like started not being my excuse because a lot of my friends started slowly leaving. I, I honestly was like the last man standing in my friend group of people who worked here. Like the last one holding it down, the last one still trucking along, um, which was weird. Um, but I think COVID and like being forced to work from home, you're not really distracted like you used to be being in an office and all of that. It kind of just forced me to think about if I was really happy where I was or if I was just kind of like telling myself that I was. Um, and I think I also became really disappointed in the company, definitely pre-COVID, because if you are in the area, you probably have heard of the layoffs that happened, which then means that you probably know the company I'm talking about. Um, but in February, we had pretty massive layoffs that affected the um, headquarter um, locations. And that was a really awful experience. And I wasn't even someone that was laid off. So I can imagine what that experience was for someone else. Like, I'm not even kidding that day. I had, I got coffee with another person who was interested in joining the team that I was on. We got coffee at nine, I think, because she was like, oh, I have a 9.30 meeting or maybe it was like 9.30, she had a 10 o'clock meeting, something like that. Um, so we like got coffee, like chatted about the team. She was super excited to like potentially join, blah, blah, blah. Not even kidding you. She was one of the people that got laid off that day and I had no fucking clue. And oh. I literally had a conversation with her that morning about joining the team. Yeah. So kind of traumatizing, but so I think when that happened, that definitely put a bad taste in my mouth. Like it was just bad, bad, bad all around. And then I think with COVID, like I really had big hopes that we would do better just for our employees. And I felt like it went drastically to the other side of that. Like I think the culture just shifted a lot. And I think that a lot of it has to do with how fast that we grew. Um, and I think that there's definitely people who want to fix it, but they aren't the people that actually have the power to do it. So when you have leadership who are very much set in their ways and don't want to make changes, they, because like whatever reason they don't see it, they don't affect it. Like to them, the culture doesn't need to change. Like everything's fine, but it's really not fine. Like that's a hard one for me. It's a place that really picks and chooses what they want to handle, how they want to handle it, how they want to be transparent and like the degree of transparency they're willing to give. Um, I think it just, a lot of it to say that we've done, you know, we've done something or we put something in place just to say that we've had it, not really that it's like a substantial helpful thing for people. Um, so I think the energy really shifted more to like, the cool shit we can do for our customers, which is great, right? Like we need them to pay and, you know, keep us in business. So I totally get it. 
but we're not doing the cool innovative shit for our employees. And I feel like that's such a massive miss because the reasons that people are leaving haven't changed. <laughs> like the feedback that current employees have been given haven't changed. And I feel like for a company that claims to be so data-driven and data-focused, we're not doing a good job at using our own data to solve these problems. Like, I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I think just how COVID was handled, not even in the sense of like working from home and all that, I just think like the support from the company could have been a lot better. I think we cared more about getting the work done in our, in our customers and the mental health of our employees. And I think in the beginning, there was like that whole grace of like, we're adjusting, like this makes sense, blah, 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 blah. But I think people, there was this perception that like, well, we've been doing this long enough, like you should be okay. But it's like, that's not, you can't assume that from people. Like, yes, we've been now doing this for a year now or so, but that doesn't mean that people should just be okay. Like, we don't know what's going on in their worlds, in their life. We don't know how this has impacted them. So for you to assume that like, because we've been doing this long enough, we can just do business as normal. Like that is weird to me. It was weird to me that like, we still had to do a full blown performance review while we were all trying to adjust working from home, like full blown, like you still had to write your review, a review of your peers, you may, like it was a full intense review cycle, despite us all trying to adjust to this work from home situation, very weird to me. Um, so I think I just got really unmotivated to work every day. My desk, I'm not even kidding you, I can throw anything at my desk from where I'm sitting and like vice versa from my bed. And I knew it was a sign for me when I would wake up every morning and trying to figure out how I cannot go to work or like, how can I just get fired today? Because <laughs> I would much rather collect unemployment and chill than like do actual work. Like that to me was a red flag because I'm not usually that type of person. I've joked about that before just to like be funny, but it, it was more concerning to me that I was getting to that space where like I didn't want to get out of bed because I knew I had to go to work. Um, and so that was like my sign of being burnt out. And I will say that because my team was just my manager and I, and really it was just me because my manager was also managing another team of folks. Um, so, and that team kind of needed a lot more support than I did because she and I had a really good relationship. She knew my work ethic, like she knew me very well and knew that I'd reach out if I needed anything. So she wasn't super concerned. And I told her, I was like, don't feel like you need to like, you know, focus on me. I know there's bigger shit going on, like whatever. Um, but essentially I also didn't realize that for essentially like the last year I was kind of doing the work of three people. And I will say like maybe three and a half because there were some times I had to flex as like my manager in some cases. Um, and I was doing that for a year wow. and getting paid, not what I should be getting paid and didn't get a promotion, even though I felt like I should have received one. Um, and like, <laughs> the fucking promotion and like performance review cycle, I can't even start. Like, it's just terrible. It's all around bad. You are basically reviewed. There is not a day that goes by that you're not in a review cycle. So they do review cycles twice a year and it's a full 360 review. So like you write your review, you write your manager's review, a manager writes a review of you, you write reviews of your peers, peers write reviews of you. That's just a lot of work. A lot, twice a year, twice. And so like, you feel like everything you do is under a microscope or like you can't ever have a bad day because it'll be used against you in a review. Like that's just kind of the environment that it, it feels and it becomes very competitive. And not even for that, it's also just the fact that how they do reviews, like 
they go through this whole calibration thing where it's like, let's put up everyone in this, you know, type of role or department and like see how they're, and like, so basically you're being <laughs> compared to your peers, peers that you probably don't know because the company is massive. Um, and like, that's part of, you know, determining if you should get a raise or get a promotion, which are all un- like non-negotiable. Like it's not, one of those things that you can go back and be like, well, I should get more money or I should get a promotion. Like it literally is what it is. Like they just tell you and you just accept it for what it is, which is fascinating to me. Um, so yeah, like the whole thing's super fair, right? Like really inclusive. Like we are thinking of all types of people with this makes sense. You're compared to peers who are doing different jobs from you. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So they try, they try to, they created like competencies that try to, I guess, to their best align it to roles. But I think, I think you can get away with that to some degree. I think there are some jobs, like my job in particular was essentially like a product manager role, but for an HR capacity. And like, so that's a hard competency to kind of come up with because I don't directly align to like, an engineer type situation, but I'm also don't directly align to like an untypical HR type of role. Like it was a very weird, I don't know. There's just too much weird stuff like that, but it makes it, it's exhausting. Cause really I was there what, three and a half years. So what is that? Like nine reviews that I had to do. And that's a lot, <laughs> like that's a lot of reviews to do and you're doing it. You're also constantly like, thinking of how to do better and do more. So like, even when it came to this, this discussion, because my manager was like, I want to get you promoted for the summer. I think that's also when I was like, I don't really think I want to do this. Like the politics, the drinking, the Kool-Aid, like playing this weird fucking game. Like I just, I've never been that type of person personally or professionally. I don't ever see myself being that type of person. I will do my job and do my job very well. And I'm very good at getting feedback, receiving it, working on it, whatever. But I just can't, it feels more like a popularity contest. And like, I'm sorry, but I graduated high school, left, like I'm good with all of that. Like that should not be traveling with me to a professional work environment. Like that just seems ridiculous. So my, it's more about like who you know, who you rubbed elbows with, like who can these people be that can speak about you know, vouch for you for your promotion. And I'm just like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like if it's called a performance review, when did we stop caring about the performance of the review? Like, I don't, why are you making me do all of this work and like bust my ass for a promotion that I may or may not get because it depends on if John Smith from around the block will remember me from a conversation that we had. Like that just seems really fucking exhausting a lot of work to not get paid that well for t- to do like I just didn't want to do it anymore I also am like listen as a black woman I do a fucking enough of this whole like trying to show my value and worth in society I don't fucking have the energy to do this shit at work and I shouldn't have to no one should have to whether you're black or not whatever like it's just stupid to me I come here to do my job I do my job well like it's one thing if I was shit at work but like I have stakeholders who were super happy. Anyone that worked for me knew my quality of work was really great. I always went above and beyond. Like I'm always doing the most. It shouldn't come down to some random Joe Schmo of if I should get a promotion or not. Like my work should speak for itself if it's a true performance review. Especially if you're doing these two huge reviews. Right. Yeah. 
it's a place where you feel like you're never going to really be good enough in their eyes, which is unfortunate. And like, I've had a previous manager before this manager that I had, she even told me, she was like, listen, the work that you're doing now is technically like manager, supervisor type work. It's just, we don't give you that title here. And I'm like, but that doesn't make sense. Like we're okay with like setting these crazy expectations and underpaying people. Like that just doesn't make sense to me, but so yeah, for several reasons and more, I am lucky enough to be able to leave. And honestly, I think this was a job, this was like a jump I was very hesitant about. Um, my friend's sister works at the company that I'm at now. And like, she can probably, if she's listening to this, cause she was like telling me about this role. And I was like, listen, I have lots of concerns. And when I, we had a conversation before I applied, cause I was like, I'm very concerned to leave and go to a company that is either the same or worse than where I'm at right now. Like that's what was also kind of holding me back is it's like the grass isn't always greener. And I was very afraid that I was going to walk into a situation that was even worse. Um, and so I had to talk to her cause I was like, I need you. And I knew she would be honest with me about like her experience. And I was like explaining to all the stuff that I've gone through or either I've experienced or have seen. And she's like, listen, every company has its shit. Obviously there's never going to be a perfect place, but the severity of what you're experiencing there is really concerning to me. Yeah. She's like, are you all okay? Like, I don't understand what any of this is. And that's, crazy to me because people you know I feel like there's definitely things that would make sense to happen especially when you're going working at a company that grows but I never thought like we just made it feel like it was a normal thing like it just never dawned on you to think twice about this stuff um so that was like a big thing a big red flag for me to just like apply and see where it goes and then I applied and got the offer and then I heard what my salary was going to be and I was like wow, thanks for that. Because essentially I'm moving laterally to another company and my salary has gone up significantly. And that's when I also was like, even if I didn't get this job, I would continue to apply. Cause it's just, I loved where I worked. I think where I previously worked, worked really well for me for where I was in my life. And like, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I had. I know that the knowledge and everything that I learned, I would have never received anywhere else. I know that for a fact, but I feel like where I'm at in my life now, it just doesn't fit anymore. It's not a place that I can like pretend to care about, even try to. And I think that that was enough for me to be like, it's time for me to go. And so this new place, it's smaller. It's great. The team is great. So much opportunity for growth and development. They're also going through a growth spurt. So I'm sure I'll probably experience some of the same stuff, but I met with um, some of the leaders during my interview. And I just feel like even if we did go through similar things, it wouldn't, they wouldn't even allow it to get as bad as it did get in my previous employer. So I feel a lot better with my choice, but I say all that to say, sometimes you just gotta fucking quit your job <laughs> and you gotta find something new. And sometimes if you're not sure if it's the right time, it's probably not the right time. So give yourself the time. Cause you will know, I think I did that a lot of that was with the previous like interviews and stuff that I went through. And I think some of it was to just like, see what's out there. Some of it, I was like trying to get the fuck out, but I'm, I'm glad I left when I did because I didn't want to get to a space where I am so pissed and so angry to go up to work every day that I just leave and I hop on the next available thing versus like taking the time to find the right spot for me. So 
that's just my advice. And I feel a lot happier. And the minute I gave my notice, I felt like a thousand trillion pounds was lifted off my shoulders. And although I'm sad to leave my manager, I'm not sad and I don't regret the decision I made to leave that place. So I'm proud of you and I'm glad that you are in a better situation. I think you're right. Like when we're, we get to this place where we're so desperate to have a job, to get a salary that we take it at a lower number. We put up with all of this crap because we hope that we'll get promoted and we're like, we need the job. We need the health insurance. We, it's so hard to get a job and the amount of interviews and the process. And then you have to know people in those pieces that we just continue plugging along. And then it gets to the point that we're like, why are we still putting up with this? Mm. And you just put it because so many people are in the same boat and everyone else is doing the same thing. It doesn't fix the problem. Cause they're like, well, we still have all our employees. They're still right. doing work, but yeah. like a whole which is like, problem. it's when I describe it to people too, which this is probably going to might be a little bit of a trigger when I say this. So fast forward a little bit, but like I've ex- described, which I don't think I realized it until I had this conversation with <laughs> the, my friend who is now my manager actually. Um, I basically was like working there felt like I was in a toxic abusive relationship that I couldn't get out of. That's literally what it felt like. It felt like I was being basically gaslit to staying and it was always something that would keep me there when my job would shift or I kind of like what I'm doing now. So this is great. Like my focus is different. So this is great. Like it's, they did something to keep you there. And I don't think I realized how long I was in that cycle until I had the conversation with her and was like, oh yeah, this is actually really unhealthy and very toxic. And like, yeah, we probably shouldn't be doing these things, but they make it seem like it's such a normal thing. Like every company is like this. You'll experience this everywhere. And I agree. I probably will. But I think there's something about the level that they allowed it to get to is very telling to me of like how you think a company should be run. And I feel like if you're at a place that you do so good at selling this dream to candidates who are coming into this door and are seeing this experience. And it's either like, I got to get the fuck out or I got to stay. Like the tenure at this company is terrible. And the turnover is just as terrible, which are all things that you would think would make them say, Hey, maybe we should like, yeah, like let's stop and think, let's have a conversation. And it just doesn't seem like it's hitting the way that it should, which is very, I don't know. I just feel like I want to work at a place that like, if I am giving you a thousand percent of me, I would have fully expect you to give me that back, if not more. And when I'm not getting that, I'm not going to keep giving it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm proud of you for realizing that you deserve better and for getting that for yourself. So thank you. Um, well, I have some to kind of continue on with jobs and job interviews. Um, I've had some wild and inappropriate questions asked to me in interviews. Um, so I'll take a moment to share some of those. Oh, God. I was once asked in an interview, if I have any identities that have been discriminated against what they are and how that situation made me feel. And the best part is the person who asked this question was the diversity officer. Uh, I literally responded with, well, that's an uncomfortable question. And then was told they know it's hard, but to do my best. There, I, there are so many things wrong with this question. It's not even funny. 
I think it's illegal. Like, I don't think you can ask people to just. Well, I was going to say, like, can I, could you, like, I would, I feel like this is a question where I could sue and be like, you, you can't ask people this. Like, this isn't, what did you want me to say? Well, seeing as I'm a woman, like, what did you? I don't know. I don't know what the correct answer is. I hope that that person isn't working anymore. Like, that's very concerning. Red flag, red flag. I also <laughs> had a great experience. This company, I interviewed with so many people. They kept bringing me back for more interviews. I make it to like the fourth round of interviews for this job. I'm meeting with one of the final people and she straight up says to me, this job does not pay well. You probably won't be able to afford an apartment on the salary. And we're going to ask you to work long days and weekends. Why would you ever want this job? She then also proceeded to tell me that she hated my resume Every, I said, what particular do you hate about it? Um, so I could improve. She said everything about it. I should just delete it and start over. What? So I clearly didn't get that job um, for the best. I also interviewed by 19 different people before I, before I was finally rejected. And then when they did reject me, they sent an email with my name spelt wrong and the wrong job title in it. So clearly I dodged a bullet and um, it's a good thing that I didn't get that job because clearly they don't pay you enough and make you work all the time. But I definitely would just remember like sweating when she's telling me that my resume is just absolute shit and I should just delete it and start over. Um, I asked if she had any advice about how to make it better and her advice was just to delete it so that was well (laughs) the best part is I had like six people look at my resume so I think that also shows like everyone has their own opinions and if six other people thought my resume was great and this one person who clearly was having a bad day who couldn't even spell my name correctly in a rejection email didn't like my resume that doesn't mean that my resume is actually shit well so I was gonna be like in the beginning when you started I was like well I appreciate her transparency like that's cool to be out open and honest, like gives me a lot to think about. But then we just like really started going straight down, like nose dive right down. Like the whole, wow, the resume bit is very interesting to me. I cried after that interview. I literally- oh, She sounds like a fucking bitch, so I'm glad. Was yeah. she gonna be like your boss in this case? I don't even know. I don't remember. I met literally with so many people and I was just like, I don't even understand how you all relate to this position. I also don't understand how you get someone through four. Like, I feel like it shouldn't take that many rounds to know if you like or not like someone. But also if I made it through four rounds and no one else, none of the other 18 people had a problem with my resume. I don't like her. I don't know who that woman is, but fuck you. Yeah. Anyways. And then I, in college, was interviewing for an unpaid part-time internship for college credit. And got the got the unpaid part-time internship and I'm meeting with the boss and we're trying to fill out my schedule and he lets me know that they basically have like two vacant positions and I realized that instead of hiring people and actually paying them they're going to use me to fill these responsibilities. And so I'm trying to make my schedule and I'm explaining like, this is a part-time unpaid internship. I still have classes two days a week. So like I can intern for you three days a week, but I still like need to be on campus and do my education. And his response was on those days, I would need to come in at 5.30 in the morning, leave for class and then come back and work until 8 p.m. to make up the work from when I'm at my classes. This is an unpaid part-time internship for school credit. Um, 
honestly, in that situation, the school made the decision that I couldn't do my credit hours there because they were like, this sounds like labor abuse. Um, <laughs> and so they were like, we are going to make the decision to not let you get your credit hours there. But it was definitely deceiving. And I was like so excited and I was like pumped for this interview. And then I loved it. And then I got the internship. And then literally it was like, okay, we're not going to pay people. Instead, we're going to make you do their jobs because you're free. And then I had to call this dude and be like, yeah, the school saying I can't come and do my internship there because of my schedule and he basically was kind of yelling at me about like why did I tell the school so (laughs) yeah and he like literally yelled at me and I just kept repeating like the same thing over and over and then he told me that they would never hire me again and I was like okay (laughs) I wouldn't want to work there anyway because you clearly hire me but it would mean that you were going to pay me (laughs) right and you clearly don't want to do that which is why we're doing this yep 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 so I'm glad I told the school because like you met and they were like okay so like what when are you doing your hours making sure that you're getting your credit hours and you're like meeting the competencies and then I told them that I was going to have to work from 5 a.m to 8 so I could go to my required classes to graduate and they're like no no you're not (laughs) (laughs) actually um yeah I've also been on the flip side of interviewing people and I try to remember all the bad experiences I've had so like I don't put anyone else through that Mm. and including like you know offering if they need to go to the bathroom or if they would like a drink of water because I've been on interviews where I'm there for several hours and no one gives me a pee break but I was interviewing this one candidate and one of the the questions I was supposed to ask was to tell me about the work environment that the candidate works best in and the candidate responded one where people don't tell me what to do and I don't have a lot of responsibilities um that's literally the definition of a job so So don't ever say that to someone who's interviewing you (laughs) Sir, what did you think you were applying to? Because seriously, I was looking for like a, you know, I like to work with a team or I work independently or this is what I look for in a manager, anything, not a don't tell me what to do and don't give me work to do, but still pay me. Yeah. Still pay me a full salary though. But other than that, I don't really care. So yeah, red flag. Um, but truly, I think my favorite interview experience is I was given two days to create an hour presentation, including handouts. And I was still in school at the time. So I'm like rushing to do this on top of everything else. It was an eight hour interview. Um, and after the interview, a few days later, I got a voicemail, um, from the person on the search committee and, um, I was told to holla back. Mm -hmm. So I called this person back and he starts by telling me that I had the best references. I had the best presentation, that they were going to use my ideas, that they were going to implement them. Like, I think this phone call is going well. And then he tells me, but unfortunately, we're not able to give you the job and we're going to go with a candidate that looks more the part. Whatever that means. I still would love to know what that means. I don't know, but I like the fact that you are telling me that you are going to use all of my ideas, but you're not going to give me the job. I was like, well, at least that means I did a good presentation. You know what I really don't love now that you're talking about presentations and I get, we need to like see how people facilitate and all of that, but it just rubs me the wrong way because I feel like 
I've had to do it once for a, one of the roles that I applied for when the fuck ever that was. And I just feel like this is a way for you to get just like cheap free content. Yes. And like, so like, and I don't get, like, I feel like if it was one of those things, like I at least get compensated for in some way that I wouldn't feel bad if I got the rejection, but I don't know. I just feel like we need to find another avenue to, to showcase people's facilitation or like thought process and putting a presentation together. Cause it just, I don't know, like, especially after this, when homeboys like holla back and then it's like, just kidding, fuck you. We're not going to hire you. Like, I'm going to feel some type of way that you blatantly said you're going to use all my content, but not hire me for the role. And you made me bring handouts so you could literally have it all. Yeah. And then I, my favorites when I'm like, oh, can you share with me? Like the, pre- like, I'm just gonna start- yeah, like, no. Cause I just feel like one that takes people's time. Like it's, it's a lot of time to put together a presentation and like prepare for that and to share that with mm-hmm. all you assholes that didn't say no, but I don't know. I just feel like we should be, there should be some compensation for that because if you're going to use my ideas, like give me something. I just like, don't, I don't understand why there's so many interview practices that it's like, well, I had to do that when I interviewed. So now I'm going to put you through that. Like, why aren't we thinking about like, is this necessary? What is the purpose? And are we wasting people's time? Like I hate having my time wasted and I don't like wasting other people's times. And I think what I hate the most about job interviews is when either the job description or you're interviewing and they do not tell you the salary. Like Mm. there's, there's no indication of the salary. And then all of a sudden you get to the offer state. And then now all of a sudden they come in and they tell you this number and they're like, oh, but it's non-negotiable. And it's like, don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Don't bring me in as a candidate. If then all of a sudden we get to this point and I'm like, well, this salary doesn't work in my budget or it's less than I'm already making or for whatever reason. Like if you know that it's non-negotiable and X is the only number you're able to offer, why are you not being transparent about that? Even if you don't want to put it in writing on like the job posting but after the first round like before you bring someone in for like once you do your phone screening like why not before you bring them and take up any more time be transparent and say this is the salary are you interested in moving forward it's non-negotiable if it's negotiable then it's a different story because then we can go back and forth and get to a place where we're comfortable but if you're going to come in and you're like I only have x amount in my budget I'm sorry then you just wasted your time as well Right. I feel like too, like this could easily be resolved. Like I've done phone screens where they'll ask like what your range is and they'll tell you straight up if they can do it or not. Like, I feel like why can't that just be part of like the phone screen? Like you have your initial conversation and just naturally say, it's like, what salary range are you looking for for this role? Then that's an easy way to just be like, yes or no. Cause like, especially with, in your industry, y'all do like not, what is it? Four or five rounds for interviews sometimes. Like that's a long ass process to bring someone through to then get to the end of the interview to be like, okay, so we want to make you this offer, but it's non-negotiable. And like, at least give me some negotiation options. If that's the case. Transparent. And it's like, if you are expecting your employees to be honest with you, then you need to kind of give that back. Honestly, anyone who's doing a job search right now, or like interviewing, I send you nothing but positive vibes. Like it sucks that we clearly, we rely so heavily on jobs, like not because money makes us happy, but just so we can survive. Right. So we can have food in our bellies and roofs over our heads and take care of our families. And it's just like, it's hard. Interesting topic. And it's It's also just exhausting. Job searching is exhausting. And I think it's literally like a full-time job. Like you got to be committed to wanting to apply. And like, I, even for people who are unemployed or 
you know, still unemployed for whatever reason, like that's a lot of work. I have friends who have been applying and applying and applying and like, don't hear back, but that's a lot of work. And I know it's hard because, you know, COVID obviously just put a little bit of a damper on everything. So people are trying to figure out budgeting and like, can they reopen and can they do all of this stuff? But I agree. I, I have friends who are still struggling through it and trying to get something and get a job. And I just, I know how hard it is. And I know I'm extremely lucky. Like I really only got this up, you know, this job offer and option because I knew someone like that's kind of what it is now. It's like, you know, someone who can probably get your resume seen sooner by a recruiter. And if you know, you're qualified and can fit the criteria, you'll get the offer, but it really is. It's like, who you know because other than that it can just you apply and you don't hear anything and I also that's another thing that's a pet peeve of mine is like and I think there are some companies who do really well with it but like never responding to someone's application is a really a shitty thing in my opinion like even if it's just to say we've seen it no you know thanks but no thanks I feel like that's better than just not responding at all like we like a email that's like thank you for your interest we filled the position yeah that's all it has to say but I just feel like I don't know I feel like there's definitely some companies out there that still do that archaic shit where they just don't respond I'm like that's just poor yeah I agree I mean I'm definitely lucky like I have a job I have an income I have health insurance like but you know it's something that the industries just need to get rid of when you apply for a job and you upload your resume but it still makes you copy your resume into those stupid boxes. Like you're making me add my education, but my education's already on the resume. You're making me bullet point what I do for my job. You've already made me add my resume. Like stop making everyone work harder. Let's work a little smarter here. Cause I know you're not even going to read those boxes no, and your no. filter system could easily filter through my resume. So let's stop wasting people's times, making the world a little easier and a better place for everyone. And I am going to end it with that because clearly we're all doing the best we can and I'm grateful I have a job. I'm grateful you have a better job situation and everyone that's out there that's continuing to look for a job. We know that you're working hard. We know that it's a full-time job in itself. We're sending you good vibes. Keep your head up. Something will come for you. That was a damn good way to end it, man. (laughs) (laughs) If you need advice on if you should quit your job or not, feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at bestweekendpodcast at gmail.com. Then you can also follow us on Instagram at bestweekendpodcast and on Twitter at bestweekendpod. New episodes drop every Tuesday. And remember, if you think your resume sucks and you should start over and just delete it, well, don't ask me for advice because we're all doing the best we can and our best is good enough. Bye, besties. See you next week. <laughs>